in to this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vesugian here with you. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are having a great week. And we've got an interesting podcast for you today. Uh, some very interesting topics to discuss on this episode of Farzcast. Tom Brady has shattered a sports broadcasting record. He is set to join Fox Sports after retirement, if he ever retires. And I think there are some multiple talking points with that. I want to get into that later on in the podcast. Chris Paul, his family was harassed at a Mavs versus Suns basketball game in Dallas. Some uh, some interesting reactions from that one. UFC 274, very dramatic UFC 274 weekend. And following the event, there's a lot of different angles moving forward with that one. I'm very excited for that. I, I want to get into that uh, just a little bit. And at the end of the podcast, I just want to let you all know it doesn't matter what happens, who's on Twitter, who runs it, who comes back, who gets reinstated. No one's leaving Twitter. So let's get over it. I wanted to briefly touch on that to close the show. Facebook.com slash Farzy Vesugian. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. That is the tweet machine for you guys to follow me on. Support for Farzcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle Join over the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FARZINE20 at Manscaped.com. That's FARZINE20 at Manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, that's more than 8 million balls worldwide. And I'll tell you what, they've got a lot of great products. You just go to Manscaped.com. Hey, there are a lot of great things on there. They've got the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, the Magic Mat, a lot of great things out there. In fact, they've got the Performance Package 4.0 on there that includes all of that that I just mentioned. And I'll tell you what, the Lawnmower 4.0, my favorite product from them. They've got the all-new Skin Safe Electric Trimmer there. They use Skin Safe technology, which has a ceramic blade, and that reduces below-the-waist accidents. It, Dudes, we know it. Okay, it happens. It's a thing. It's not something anyone likes to deal with. But if you go to, over to Manscaped, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, or if you get the Lawnmower 4.0 in a kit from any of their packages, you will see it for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code FARZINE20. And you can unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Real quickly, before we get into this Tom Brady story here, look, I love football just as much as anyone else. I'm a big Chiefs fan as much as the next Chiefs fan. Listen, I get it. Football is kind of a weird sport where there is no offseason, right? All 12 months of the year, 365 days, there is ongoing NFL news. It's a nonstop cycle. There might not be Chiefs news every single day of the year, but there's always something going on in the NFL. Always something. And the NFL does a really great job of spreading it out across the board. Uh, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, listen, you... 
you get all these assistant coach hirings on it's a lot most of the time on these new teams. Some as assistant coaches move on, become head coaches elsewhere. Uh, these kinds of things occur, and then shortly after that, it's releases, re-signings, trades that occur before the official new league year and all that stuff. Then obviously the combine, the news about certain players and whatnot, and then they. Uh, here and there provide some details about who's going to be playing internationally uh, as the home teams and then uh which uh they'll they'll announce a game here and there uh, they just spread all these things out across the calendar year so most recently with the draft over with obviously there are some undrafted free agents coming in i know there's one receiver a lot of chiefs fans are excited about including me justin ross let me just say one thing. The Chiefs, and I get it. Listen, the Chiefs, and I'm sure all 31 other NFL teams have done this, but they know fans are going to go crazy with all these rookie minicamp footage clips that they're putting online because everyone's going to retweet it, go wild about it. Chiefs fans went wild over a couple of clips online. One is Justin Ross doing, uh, he's running a route. And everyone is mind blown over the way he ran his route. Folks, let's slow down a little bit here. Hey, listen, it's cool and all, but people are acting like this guy's ready to go become a 10 time Pro Bowler or something. Um, he just ran a route with no defense in front of him, which is normal. I mean, a lot of these offensive players, they're doing drills, whatnot, they don't deal with a the defense. Then, after a few. Times of, of going through the drill, they'll include a defensive back in the drill. And listen, defensive backs, they do drills also without an offensive player in front of them. I mean, that's just the way they practice. Then they elevate the practice more and more throughout the day, throughout the practice session, I should say. And they'll include a defense. Then it's a, an ongoing, you know, 11 on 11 scrimmage. You get the idea. So Justin Ross is running a route with no defense, and people think it's the greatest route that's ever been ran in NFL practice history without a defense on the field. I mean, come on. Then there's another clip of Darian Kennard, who is an offensive lineman the Chiefs got, I want to say in the third or the fourth rounds, maybe a little later. Um, and I'm looking, I, I'm, I'm watching the clip. He's going up against, it looks like an assistant coach or an equipment manager that's holding uh, pads. And he's just pushing with his right arm. And people are going crazy over that. Folks, uh, listen, there are a lot of things I cannot say for certain that will or will not happen. But I'm going to, and if someone wants to bet money on this, I will bet all the money in the world on this. Darian Kennard is not going to successfully block someone with one arm. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Um, keep in mind, it's practice. You're 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 doing drills. So, and here's the other thing too. I think people forget about this with practice, and this is a huge reason why quarterbacks have the bright color jerseys. You're not necessarily going a hundred percent. Do you really think that Nick Bolton is gonna destroy the hell out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire whenever he's trying to run up the middle? No. That's his teammate. You're not going to... 
I don't want to say you're not putting full effort, but you're certainly not going to hit with 100% intensity in practice. So I just ask Chiefs fans, all fans across the world, listen, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure the Raiders put a clip of somebody that they drafted doing a really cool move in practice, and I'm sure their fans went all crazy about it, thinking that it's going to be their saving grace to dethrone the Chiefs in the AFC West. Can we just slow down and remember it's back? Listen, I remember in the past, I, I Cornell Powell had all these great uh, plays in um, in training camp. So did um, uh, th- there was one undrafted player, uh, Jamal Custis, I believe was his name from Syracuse. Like everyone thought this guy was gonna be some amazing wide receiver. I I don't even think he's on the roster anymore. I don't know where he is anymore. Um, I mean. If I had to bet money what he what team he's on right now, uh, I, I I mean, I don't know. I really don't. So, slow down a little bit. It's just practice, as Allen Iverson once said. And, uh, you know, maybe wait for the preseason a little bit. I know it's a preseason, but at least you're going up against an actual opposing team at the time. Um so, I don't know. I get it. Chiefs fans are very excited about the draft. I, I think a lot of people are. So, I was actually talking to someone today. Isaiah Pacheco, I believe is how you say it. Uh, I'm excited for that guy. That dude's pretty damn fast. And by the way, the Chiefs got a lot of players in this draft with speed, both on offense and defense. Guys who are capable of being involved in the return game. Uh, Skymore is capable of it. Pacheco is capable of it. Um, one of the cornerbacks, uh, Chiefs drafted three of them, so I can't remember which one. I want to say it's the one in the fourth round that they got, uh, or maybe it's multiple ones. Uh, listen, the Chiefs have a lot of players that can definitely contribute in special teams. And if we know anything uh, with Tim Over, uh, Tyree Kill, Dante Hall, uh, even a little bit with Dexter McCluster, uh, the Chiefs have had some exciting, and really under Dave Tobe, there have been a lot of different guys to uh, take a punt return or a kickoff back for a touchdown. And I think there's a possibility the Chiefs could find their new stud at uh, at the return uh, game through the strap. Maybe multiple guys. Who knows? Uh, I'm really excited for that part, so. I, I get it. Chiefs fans are, are pretty excited following the draft. Uh, feels like everything went in their way, and I, I can't disagree with that. Not one bit. I'll tell you one guy who's got everything going in his favor. Tom freaking Brady. Once again. I, I mean, the, the guy does not lose in life. He just does not. He really doesn't. He has signed a deal with Fox Sports after retirement to join as a color commentator alongside Kevin Burkhart. For those who don't know what a color commentator is, some people were asking what this is. So if you're watching uh, a game on CBS, uh, it's um, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Jim Nance is the play-by-play announcer, and Tony Romo is the color commentator or color announcer, whatever you want to call it. Um, If you're watching Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Joe Buck's the play-by-play announcer, Troy Aikman is the color commentator. If you are watching uh, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, Harlan's the play-by-play guy and Trent Green's the color analyst. When they say color commentator, they're trying to fill in the picture here. 
that's that's why they call it the color commentator. The, the, the color commentator is always going to be somebody who is a former player or a former coach. Occasionally, you might get a former scout or a former uh, executive, uh, but very rarely, 99% of the time, it's uh, usually a, a player. Uh, sometimes you'll get a coach. Uh, very rarely I, I, you get a former general manager as a color commentator. But uh, and they try to they, they they try their best to put some of the uh, color commentators on places they might be familiar with the most. So Tony Romo, I mean, obviously CBS uh, does not do a lot of Cowboys games, but any opportunity they get to broadcast the Cowboys game, they'll put Tony Romo on there because he's pretty familiar with Dak Prescott and, and the Cowboys as a whole. I remember when Charlie Weiss was the head coach at Kansas, they would try to put Brady Quinn in Lawrence for some of those games on Fox Sports 1 because Brady Quinn played for Charlie Weiss in Notre Dame. In fact, there were some times where... Brady Quinn would pull a Tony Romo when Romo would predict plays and they they came true. Uh, Quinn just kind of did the same thing. He's like, hey, knowing Charlie Weiss, I bet he's going to do this. And they, it all came true. So they try to do that sometimes. Anyway, Tom Brady's going to be the color commentator alongside Kevin Burkhart. Kevin Burkhart is part of the A team over at Fox. Uh, he was a part of the B team. He's now promoted and he's going to be part of the A team because Joe Buck, as I just alluded to a moment ago, he has moved on to ESPN to do Monday Night Football games. This deal with Tom Brady, I haven't even mentioned the contract details yet. I'm sure you guys already know. It's a 10-year deal worth $375. So you do the simple math there. He's making $37.5 million per year. I remember when John Gruden was doing Monday Night Football for ESPN as a color announcer. Uh, one of the rare instances where we see a head coach as a a former head coach at the time uh, as a color announcer. I know um, his name escapes my mind right now. The the coach for the uh, Buccaneers, also uh, formerly with the Cardinals, Bruce Arians. Uh, he was also a color uh, commentator for a bit. Uh, anyway, John Gruden, when he was uh, part of the Monday Night Football crew, I believe, if I recall correctly, he was making six and a half million dollars a year at the time. That was the highest paid position in sports broadcasting. Well, Tony Romo, who joined CBS in 2017, uh, about a couple of years ago, he signed a, a new deal with CBS and is making $17.5 million per year. I mentioned Troy Aikman going over to ESPN along with Joe Buck. Troy Aikman is reportedly going to make $17 million with ESPN. Okay, I want to get to the money part in a moment. But I do want to say this because obviously this is a massive story. A lot of people were talking about it all day Tuesday. And the biggest talking point was Fox is going to dominate the ratings. They're going to beat CBS. They've got Tom Brady, the GOAT, seven rings, possibly more. Maybe one more, maybe two more, maybe ten more because we don't know really when he's going to retire. Just when we think we know, we really don't. Um... Let me just say this, because people think Fox, uh, the, the NFL games on Fox, their ratings are going to skyrocket because they've got Tom Brady on board. Um, let me just say something I, I mentioned earlier. I, I said Tom Brady is going to be part of the A crew uh, for Fox Sports. So what what does that mean, the A crew? Uh, who Who is the best team in the NFC? I mean, let's just say the Rams 
because they um, they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, after them, the 49ers, uh, because they were in the NFC Championship game. And then let's say the Packers after that. Let's just say those are the top three teams in the NFC, okay? Uh, let's just say, and I'm, I'm making this up. I know the schedule is coming up by the time some of you guys may hear this. Let's say in week one, the uh, the Rams are playing. Uh, they're going to be playing on NBC for the Thursday night, uh, the first Thursday game of the year. That's traditionally how it works. Super Bowl champions, the defending champions play whoever. So the Rams are not going to be on Fox. So who's the second best team? The 49ers. Uh, and I'm just basing this just off last year's finish in the NFC. So don't go crazy about my opinions here because um, I'm just going off the playoff standings. But uh, the, the 49ers, uh, they, they, were, uh, they were the uh, team that uh, finished second in the NFC. Uh, they were the runner-up. So they're the best team available for the Fox crew. So if it's 49ers versus Cardinals – well, then they're going to put Tom Brady, hypothetically speaking, Tom Brady and Kevin Burkhart on this broadcast. And because that's the best team on Fox's list, that's going to reach out to more audiences across the country. Uh, I don't know who the number two uh, crew is going to be, the B crew for Fox, but then they'll get the second biggest game and that'll have the second most ratings. Um so here's my point because people are talking about Tom Brady and how he, you know, he's going to draw in all these ratings. Tom Brady will already have more ratings than any other game. Whatever game he broadcasts will have the most game, uh, most viewers because it's the A crew broadcast. Um, it's kind of like, let me give this example here. Uh, let's just use Buffalo Wild Wings as an example. Buffalo Wild Wings, obviously a sports bar everywhere across the country. If there is a Buffalo Wild Wings in New York City, which has more than 8.8 million people, and there's also a Buffalo Wild Wings in Salina, Kansas, well, let's just use, in Salina, Kansas, the uh, population there is around 46,000. It's the same restaurant now. Sure, the, the 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 people running it could be different. Maybe the maybe one location is has way better uh, waiters, cooks, managers, whatever. Uh, but but I'm not here to to discuss that. My point is, it's the same restaurant, the same menu, but the one in New York City is going to make way more money than the one in Salina. The one in New York City is going to have way more customers in a day because. They're in a city with 8.8 million people. The Buffalo Wild Wings in Salina, Kansas has just, what, more than 46,000 people. So the one in, that's like, in comparison here, like Tom Brady is that Buffalo Wild Wings in New York City compared to the one in Salina because, let's be honest, not a lot of people in a day are going to be eating at the one in Salina because it's a small town. Whereas in New York City, it's a big city. It's the biggest city in, in, in the country. And so, of course, it's going to be filled with people from morning all the way until uh, midnight. My point is this. Brady's always going to have more ratings than any other. His games, I should say, will have more ratings than any of the other Fox games because he's part of the A crew. Because I know people are going to say, oh, man, Brady drew in all these ratings more than any other Fox game. Well, yeah, no shit he's going to because he's on the A crew. I know people are gonna make. I know people are gonna say this, 
and uh, and claim it like Brady's responsible for these big ratings when it's already there. I mean, he'll already have these ratings in uh, for them. But let me just ask this question because, again, people are talking about ratings and how Tom Brady's going to draw in all these big ratings for, for football. Who in the hell, and I'm not trying to be funny, this is not meant to be a trick question, who in the hell tunes into a football game because of the announcers? Who does? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people don't care about the announcers. I want to make that very clear. I'm not saying, listen, when announcers are talked about 95% of the time, it's because people are complaining about the announcers. So people care about the announcers. They're paying attention for sure. But I don't tune in. Let's say the Chiefs are on a bye week. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm going to try to watch the Raiders, the Chargers, or the Broncos, whoever's playing on CBS or Fox. Well, let's just say uh, none of them are playing at 12 o'clock Central Time. They're all playing uh, either the late afternoon games or on uh, a primetime game. So I got to look for the next best thing that interests me the most. That would be, you know, teams like the Bills, the uh, the Bengals, uh, other teams in the AFC that pose as a threat to the Chiefs. Well, what if uh, they also are not there? Well, then maybe I'll just look up some solid matchups uh, that are happening in the NFL. And if you have a Sunday ticket like I do on DirecTV, you'll probably switch around uh, or maybe watch the multi-box, the eight-game multi-box that they have or the four-game multi-box. But I'm not going to pick a game to watch because Kevin Burkhart is announcing. I think Kevin Burkhart is a great announcer. I think Gus Johnson's a great announcer. Kevin Harlan's a great announcer. Uh, but I'm not going to tune into games because of the announcer. I'm tuning into the game because I have a very specific interest because maybe it's uh, a division rival. Maybe it's a conference rival. Maybe it's just a really good matchup, and maybe it has nothing to do uh, directly impacting my favorite team. It's just two really good teams going at it, and I want to watch the matchup. I'm not going to watch the fo- the game of football because Tom Brady is announcing the game. No. I mean, if he happens to be watching it, I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong. In the beginning, like three, four games in, a lot of people are going to want to tune in. In the very beginning, just to see how does Tom Brady sound in his first game. And I'm sure he's going to have some things he'll work on. But after about three to four games, the curiosity factor is going to die off. By then, anyone that really wants to hear him will probably have heard him already. And after that, it's just, okay, he's he's just another broadcaster on their crew that's making a shit ton of money. So I'm not going to tune into a game because of, a certain person is announcing it. No, I'm I'm watching the game because I want to see the team and I want to see the outcome and I want to see maybe maybe there's a specific player in fantasy football. I don't play fantasy football, but maybe there's a specific player out there that you've got on your fantasy football team and you want to watch because of that and you're hoping he has a massive game. So people, th- that's why people watch. Um, I asked. I, I mentioned this on Facebook. A couple of people did say that they actually will turn off a game if they don't like the announcing, and I kind of question that. So if there's a really great game back and forth, if, if if there's a shootout out there, you're turning it off if the announcing is bad. I mean, listen, announcing is a weird thing. I don't complain too much about the announcers. 
Sometimes they, they say, listen, they all say stupid shit from time to time. They all do. Listen, put yourself on a three-hour broadcast with, com- obviously it includes commercials, so it's not the entire three hours, for 17 or 18 weeks in a regular season, you're probably going to say some dumb shit along the way. Okay? They all do. Um, it's it's a three-hour broadcast. You're trying to fill air from time to time. You're you, some, Occasionally, you'll just say something just to fill air, uh, and, and it happens. Um, every broadcaster does it, even the best. So I'll, I never tune into a game because of who's calling it. No. Um, I, I will look in advance to see who's announcing a Chiefs game, but that's all I'll look at after that. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. And, and more times than not, it's Jim Nance and Tony Romo calling Chiefs games. But then I'll flip on the Raiders game. I, when I By the time I turn it on, I'm not going to know who's announcing it until I hear their voices. So it's not something I ever pay attention to. I don't think Fox's ratings are going to skyrocket because they got Tom Brady. No. Not at all. In the beginning, yeah, I can see the uh, that big curiosity factor. After that, um, I don't think that is anything people will really care about after that. That's just me. That's just me. The other thing I wanted to touch on with this, uh, obviously the contract. Listen, I get it. Brady has seven rings. Obviously the chance of that to uh, to go up. Who in the hell is worth $37.5 million to be a color commentator? Um, think about that for a second. Just just answer that question yourself. Who is worth $37.5 million annually to announce sporting events? Because in this sense here, Tom Brady's doing what? What does this job entail specifically? Uh, obviously, announcing games. Prior to that, you got to study the two teams you're um, you're going to be on the broadcast for. You obviously got to interview players, watch film, all that stuff. A lot, much of that you can do from home. And then you got to obviously know what else is going on around the NFL. If you have NFL Game Pass. There's a feature on NFL Game Pass that lets you watch condensed games. In other words, they'll only show the actual plays. Uh, They won't show the 30 to 35 seconds of the play clock just running as players are are coming in and out changing formations and whatnot in between plays. They'll show a much more condensed version and you'll be able to watch all the games pretty quickly. For those who've never had NFL uh, Game Pass on uh, NFL.com. So Tom Brady, that, that, that's that's his. Those are his really his core duties. Now I get it. He's Tom Brady, so he's worth a lot. Look at Tony Romo, though. That guy did not have much success in the postseason yet. He managed to pull off the biggest contract at the time in sports broadcasting with a seventeen and a half million dollar per year contract. We're talking Tony Romo here. And listen, I thought Tony Romo was great in Dallas. Just had some mishaps in the postseason, as we all know. Um, and listen, I, I, I've, I, I really like Romo. I've liked him from the beginning. And by the way, I, I'll never forget this. He made a... Someone fumbled a snap. 
And Romo made some sort of a joke about fumbling the snap, basically making fun of himself. And even Jim Nance, it, it went over his head. It was kind of a funny moment. Eh, you, you like seeing personality like that. But I don't know if it's really worth it to give one individual 37 and a half, even Tony Romo's deal, $17 million just to announce games and give analysis. Um, here's the other thing too. Like I know some color announcers, they'll say something and people will just refute it and say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Troy Aikman, uh, made a comment and said, uh, you know, talk to me when Patrick Mahomes has a third of my success, which he kind of does now with one ring, but Tom Brady being a seven-time Super Bowl champion and potentially counting. He's got the ability to to command, to have this command where he'll he'll have your respect immediately. If Tom Brady says, hey, that was a very shitty call by Andy Reid, obviously not word for word like that, but if he says that, you're going to say, well, this is a seven-time Super Bowl champ. He probably knows what the fuck he's talking about here. If Tom Brady says, wow, that was a terrible throw by Josh Allen, the worst throw he's ever thrown and the worst throw I've ever seen. Well, if you're the seven-time Super Bowl champion, people are going to take those words seriously. Those words are going to hold a lot of weight because you're the GOAT. I just don't know if any broadcaster is worth that much. Let me just read you some play-by-play announcers. Play-by-play announcers don't make a lot uh, compared to color announcers. Jim Nance makes $10 million with CBS. He recently uh, bumped that up. It used to be around $5 million. He doubled it recently. Joe Buck is going to make anywhere reportedly $12 to $15 million with ESPN. Al Michaels makes $6 million from ESPN. I could not find Kevin Burkhart's annual salary. But all the other uh, broadcasters that uh, are uh, play-by-play announcers that are not Jim Nance, Joe Buck, or Al Michaels, they make uh, they make about a million to two million dollars. And don't get me wrong, that's a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not, but compared to some of the other names we've been talking about for the last 10, 20 minutes, um, it's it's not much compared to the others. I think people don't realize that sometimes the people like Colin Cowherd, Bruce Murray, Mike Greensburg, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, Kevin Harlan, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, uh, obviously a mix mix of guys there. Some of them are studio broadcasters. Some of them are play-by-play. I, Kevin Harlan's a play-by-play guy. Uh, some of these guys are radio show hosts, national radio show hosts. Um these guys don't make that much. It's either six figures or a couple million dollars a year. Again, that don't get me wrong. That is a lot of money in general. It's just not a lot in the grand scheme of things when you compare that to Tony Romo or Tom Brady or Jim Nance. Guys who are making eight figures. So, you look at and By the way, someone tweeted me. They're like, oh, you're just jealous because you don't get paid that much. Yeah, uh, guilty as charged, okay? Yeah, I I would love to have a job as a color announcer where I'm making $37.5 million 
Who would not be jealous of Tom Brady right now? He is getting $37.5 million to talk. I'm telling you what, like if there was ever a time to just say, fuck it, I will retire now, why not do it now? Save the potential pain your body could go through. God forbid, you never know what happens on the next play. You're getting... 37 and a half, you'll finally make more money announcing than you did playing football. Someone also made a joke on my Facebook page saying Tom Brady should give more money back to Fox for a better crew around him because that's what he's always done with the Patriots and the Bucks. Um, and someone also said he's gonna finally um, uh, make more money than his wife. Uh, so a lot of funny reactions to this, but I don't know, man. It's just look. You could get, um, I, I don't want to say Peyton Manning because he's uh, doing his Manning cast. Drew Brees is doing his studio analysis. Um, I mean, you could get Trent Green. I, I know he's already broadcasting, but Trent, Trent Green will give you good analysis for way, way less than $37 million. You can, uh, and listen, even Tony Romo making $17 million. Uh, you, again, you'll get solid uh, color analysis uh for way less um but look I, I i don't know maybe i'm wrong here maybe fox is gonna pull in massive ratings because of tom brady listen i know uh dick for has been on the broadcast for some and it, more, that was more for national broadcast so that's a bad example um i know uh i mean Trent green i mentioned he's done a lot of games i keep is a former kansas jayhawk i'm trying to think of other former chiefs or jayhawks that are in broadcasting right now. And when I say broadcasting, I'm talking about uh, games, actual games. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but I don't tune into these games because uh, a former quarterback of my favorite team is 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 announcing. I, I don't care for that. Uh, and I think this is certainly one of the more overpaid positions out there that Brady has and obviously Aikman and Romo. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mind Tony Romo. I, I like Tony Romo. I mentioned that. And I'm sure Tom Brady will be good at his thing. He's done some broadcasting already. Aikman, I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, I, I like Joe Buck a lot better than uh, Troy Aikman. But uh, my, my point is, you've got um, all these guys making do uh, eight, eight figures when I think you can get solid and even better analysis from other guys for way less. That's all I'm saying. All right. I do want to move on and talk about Chris Paul's family. Obviously an incident took place at the uh, Mavs uh, versus Suns game, a minor. And I'm saying that in quotes. Uh, he looks like a high school kid. He, and I guess his mom was with him. They left their seat a few minutes early. They left early after some situation occurred, we didn't really know what exactly happened. We were, it was public knowledge that there was harassment that took place um, and that Chris Paul's family was harassed. Chris Paul shouted at the kid and that's where things escalated a bit. And Chris Paul was shouting at the kid saying that he will see him soon. Some criticized Chris Paul for that saying that he quote threatened the minor. Uh, there is footage of, uh, not very, it's not much, but there is footage of a kid, it, presumably it's the kid who walked out with his mom, who is tapping uh, the shoulder of someone uh, uh, from the Paul family, from behind. According to the Mavericks in a press release, the kid was given, quote, unwanted hugs, and he is now banned 
from the arena until 2023. Um, why the fuck are you giving hugs to people you don't even know? They don't know you. Like, what? What? I'll never understand this about people who pay so much money for uh, tickets to a sporting event, parking, and then obviously food and drinks. I mean, that, uh, the prices for those are always crazy. Why would you pay all that money just to do something stupid in there? I mean, I look, I don't know if the kid had been drinking or not. I know people are going to say, oh, he's a minor. Well, I don't think that's ever stopped a kid before from finding a way to grab alcohol at a sporting event or anywhere. Um, yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that could be something. I don't know. Uh, I, I listen, alcohol does things to people at these uh, games if they drink too much. Yeah, obviously hey, drink responsibly. You've heard that before. Um, I don't know. Maybe this kid was just stupid and he was doing it. That's a possibility too. I'm not sure. Uh, there's no reason for this. And by the way, let's stop with the Chris Paul threatening a minor bullshit. Because the word minor, I I, I get it legally. I mean, it, it, there's there's a little bit of a gray area. I hate to say it, but there is. This kid is not six years old or seven years old. It's not like he's a little kid, you know, kicking uh, the seat in front of him where the uh, where the F- Paul family has to turn around and say, "Hey, look, tell him to stop." Like it's a kid. This guy, okay, sure, legally he's a kid, not an adult, but. He's all, he looks like he, he's in high school. Okay, you're old enough to know that is not... You just don't harass people at games. It doesn't matter if it's Chris Paul's family or if it's Joe Schmo's family. You you don't do that it's, it, to anyone. At sporting events, wherever. Um, when you do mess with uh, the family of a prominent figure, yeah, sure. Uh, obviously, it's going to become a bigger story at the time. Uh, but listen, if, if, if Chris Paul got in there... And just shoved him away. I can see this being no big deal. He's just defending his family. Rightfully so. But if he actually you know, got in there and punched him. And kicked him several times while he was down. That would be a pretty serious issue. And people would make a big deal about that. Um, none of that happened. I mean listen. he's he, Chris Paul saw his family get harassed by this kid. And obviously this kid, I mean, Chris Paul's immediate reaction was probably, okay, this punk thinks he's he's cool or something because he messed with an NBA player's family. And so Chris Paul, I think, wanted to just get a word in there, let him know, hey, dude, what you really did was not cool. Do you really think Chris Paul is going to actually go to the parking lot and find the kid? No. I think, listen, in the moment, including me, We've all said things that maybe we shouldn't have said. Now, some people are better about, about that stuff than others. And, and, and hey, great on that. Um, I don't think Chris Paul was going to do anything unless he saw that his kid or wife was bleeding to death. It's like, okay, maybe then I can understand wanting to do something. Uh, if, you, if, you, if there's a part of you that felt physically violent, you wanted to do something. Um, but thankfully it never got to that point. Uh, but please stop saying Chris Paul threatened the kid. Like the kid, if you really want to call it a threat, okay, fine. The kid deserved it. He really did. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, just because you're a minor doesn't mean you get to get away with things. Okay. Um, just because you have a dog that's new and untrained doesn't mean you get to get away with the fact that your dog can go take a shit on other people's uh, driveway or front yards. I actually had this issue once with a neighbor. 
Uh, I, so long story short, I, I stopped him. I said, uh, hey, uh, your dog's been uh, pooping in my, my driveway. And he goes, oh, my dog doesn't do that. I'm like, sir, there's poop in the driveway. Oh, it's probably your dog. I'm like, sir, I don't have a dog. And I pointed to my security camera. I go, sir, I have it on camera. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Story changed real quickly. Story changed real quickly. But, um, you know, it doesn't give you the right to do all these things and get away with them. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't think they have full footage of this, at least publicly yet. But the kid did something, obviously. Chris Paul saw something that upset him. Uh, I, you know, I don't think an athlete would see that and make say something like that for no reason. I don't, it's not like he's bored saying that. He, uh, he He's obviously, you know, in his game. I believe he had just fouled out, too. So I'm not entirely sure. But... Uh, he saw his family get harassed in some shape or form. So I don't blame Chris Paul for the way he reacted. I think people really need to drop the whole, oh, he threatened the minor. Get over it. All right, a couple other uh, things I want to get into here. Let's start with UFC 274. Uh, obviously, Charles Oliveira missed weight. I never understand fighters who miss weight. I really don't. Uh, especially if you're a champion, you know the rules. This fight was public knowledge. Since November, was not booked until later. I want to say December, but people knew since November this fight was going to happen. So it's not like he, you know, had only a week to prepare for this. And I know weight cutting, you know, they do it about seven to eight days, maybe a little earlier, uh, just depending on the fighter how they uh, prep for that. Uh, but I criticize Charles Oliveira for that. Uh, you can't. I mean, listen, he's not the champion. He's not. You got to make weight. Your opponent did everything possible and made weight, whereas you didn't. Now, Charles Oliveira managed to make that whole thing a long-distant memory after he submitted Justin Gaethje in the first round. And that is not an easy fighter to take down, especially in the first round. And by the way, it wasn't an easy fight for Oliveira. Oliveira, uh, he was knocked down. Early on in this fight, Gaethje gave Oliveira a really difficult time in this one. And I questioned whether Oliveira would be in good condition for this fight because he obviously had a tough weight cut. We saw it. He was drained. He was exhausted. Um, generally, that spells bad news for fighters going into a fight, but that did not seem to be the case for Oliveira in this one because he took care of business in the first round against Justin Gaethje. So good on him. Uh, he, uh, is obviously going to be the number one contender to fight for the belt. Uh, and this is where things get a little interesting because, uh, there was another lightweight fight, Michael Chandler with a vicious head kick to, uh, Tony Ferguson, knocking him out. Uh, poor Tony. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson, but he is on a massive decline right now. And by the way, one quick thing, dude, stop talking about Habib Nurmagomedov. Stop accusing Habib of being scared. I know they were supposed to fight five times and it got canceled every time because either an injury from two from each side, I believe, and then the fifth time was because of the pandemic. Of all things, the pandemic prevented the fifth fight from happening. And then Habib retired after uh, his next fight. Uh, dude, uh, Tony Ferguson got his ass kicked by Benil Daryush, who is a good wrestler. Not as good as Habib, but a good wrestler. If you struggle against Benil Daryush, dude, Habib is going to maul you for five rounds. 
if he doesn't finish you. Uh, which at that point, I'd rather be finished than go through the 25 minutes of hell against Habib. Uh, just ask Conor McGregor. Uh, speaking of McGregor, uh, now that Chandler won and Oliveira defeated Gaethje, we have this really weird little circle of lightweight fighters. Oliveira, McGregor, Chandler, Diaz, Islam Mahashev, and Benil Daryush all calling out one another. Uh, and even Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson, I mean, they're still, I don't think Ferguson's really done any calling out, but even Gaethje's kind of still, his name's kind of been thrown out there as to fighting McGregor next or Diaz next. Um, Dustin Poirier, I didn't mention his name in this list. He, I mean, his name is still kind of being thrown out there. He's he's demanding a rematch with Oliveira, which is interesting because uh, he just fought him. Uh, I don't believe he's fought since then. So I'm not quite sure what gives him the idea that he should be fighting right away. Uh, for the belt, at least. Uh, yeah, there's a listen. The lightweight division is very interesting right now. McGregor, he could either go to 155 or 170, and listen, they'll give him a title shot, even though he's coming off a two-fight losing streak. It's Conor McGregor. They'll give it to him. Nate Diaz, I mean, his name's being thrown out there with a lot of guys. Chandler, McGregor, Oliveira. Oliveira wants to fight McGregor and Diaz on the same night. Um, he wants to fight two people in one night. There are some fighters who've done that. Uh, I don't know about champions, but uh, I suppose it's possible. Uh, like in PFL, we've seen it. But that's in a tournament style. Oliveira could get knocked out in the first fight and then not be ready to go in the second fight. I mean, I guess you got to let the other guy go that knocks you out for the second fight. I'm not sure how that works. Um, but Oliveira wants to do that. Uh, yeah, lightweight division is pretty crazy right now. Uh, kind of a bummer. Donald Cerrone did not fight. I was really looking forward to him. Uh, and Joe Lozano who hasn't fought in three years. I was looking forward to those guys fighting, but, uh, that did not happen. The other big note, uh, one of my favorite fighters, Rose Namajunas. I mean, that was, what was that? Uh, one of the more boring fights in UFC history, Carla Sparza, she was booed the entire time during her interview. With Joe Rogan after winning the belt. Which, by the way, was the right call. She was the better fighter in that fight. Rose Namajunas did not do anything significant in that fight to retain the belt. Neither one of them did, but Esparza did more. She was more active, and that's why the judges gave it to Esparza. And it was absolutely the right call. Um, I don't know what was going on with Pat Barry, who is obviously one of the uh, cornermen for Rose Namajunas. Not just the coach, though. He's also Rose's fiance. Listen, fighters uh, always rely on their coaches. If their coaches tell them, hey, you're losing three rounds to one going into the fifth round, you need to knock them out in the fifth round or submit them in the fifth round if you want to win. So fighters take their cornermen very seriously, the advice they give them very seriously. And when Pat Barry is telling Rose, hey, they're booing. That's what we want. Uh, dude, them booing is not part of a, a strategy. How a crowd reacts should not be part of a strategy. Maybe you have a low-key approach, and that could lead to booing. But that's, I mean, that was just dumb what Pat Barry said. He failed Rose Namajunas in this fight. Rose was very adamant that she won. And then when she went back and watched the fight, she actually put out a statement on social media Saying that, yeah, sure, but that was not my winning fight. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's not very characteristic of Rose. Rose is a far more aggressive fighter than that. Um, I, I have... I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, Rose's aggressiveness in this fight was like a negative 5. All of her other fights were either a 9.9 or above. I mean, they just were. They just were. Um, and that's no exaggeration. Anyone who has watched a Rose Namajunas fight, if you've if you watched all of her fights, you know she is a very aggressive fighter. She hardly stands back. She's always moving forward. She's always trying to control the octagon. And I just don't know what happened in this fight with her. I really don't. Uh, but that's, uh, listen, she's bounced back before, so I think she'll be able to do it again. Multiple times she's bounced back after losing to Carolina Kolkiewicz. She bounced back and, uh, dominated the karate hottie and got a title match in one. Then when she lost the belt, she actually beat the fighter who, uh, who took the belt from her and that gave her a number one contender shot for the belt. And she came away with another first-round knockout. She's never knocked out anyone before in her fight un- until she fought for a title. When she challenges for a title, she knocks people out. It's weird. It's weird how, how that happens. I just wish we, we could see Rose be a champion long-term. We haven't seen it. She's the first fighter to win the same belt twice. Carla Sparza just happens to now be second on that list. Amanda Nunes has two belts, but she's never won the same belt twice. She's never uh, been crowned the new champion uh, in the same division twice, is what I'm saying. Hopefully she bounces back. I'm a huge fan of Rose. Uh, Obviously, got to figure some things out and obviously got to have a better game plan for sure. All right, final thing before I sign off here. Let me just say something right now. Stop complaining about wanting to leave social media because of who runs it or who's available to post on that platform. I don't care if you're left or right. I don't care if the owners of the of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok are left or right. You guys got to really chill out with this whole, oh, I'm going to leave if Donald Trump comes back. Trump was on Twitter for a very long time before January 6, 2020. And none of y'all left. Okay, these are the same people in 2008, in 2016, and 2020 who said that they're going to leave the country if their preferred uh, politician does not win the election. Did anybody leave? No. These are the same people who said they're going to unsubscribe to Netflix because there's too much woke content on there. Netflix still has far more subscribers than any other streaming service out there. These are the same people who said they're going to stop watching the NFL because of the kneeling. Well, the NFL, first of all, the ratings were low for a bit, but no one was beating them in ratings. And even then, their ratings went back up. And the people who complained about kneeling were still watching. So calm down. None of y'all are leaving Twitter. I don't ever say that. Y'all. But I I felt like maybe this is a good time to say it. No one's leaving Twitter. So quit pretending like you really care about who's available and who's not. If you don't like someone, you can block them. You can mute them. you You can just not look at their tweets. I don't know. But let's not pretend like... You're really going to leave. And by the way, I'm going to say this now. I don't even believe Trump for a moment when he says he doesn't want to come back to Twitter. His family still posts on Twitter. His uh, supporters are all still on Twitter. Twitter is the best platform for short posts and also the platform that is very open and welcoming 
to the idea of multiple posts in a day or even in a short amount of time. So I don't believe for a minute that he's never going to come back to Twitter. Okay. Cause it's a, it's a big platform. I, I know he's on his own platform, but even then like the Twitter was a bigger platform than his. Uh, but please stop saying that you're going to leave Twitter. If Trump comes back, just please stop. You're really not. Trust me. You will not. Thumbs up on that. All right. Real quickly. If you haven't done so already, go to manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code FARZINE20. In fact, I'll tell you guys a little secret right now. They've got the Performance Package 4.0 on their website. It's valued at $217.93. They've got a sale on that right now. It's a 43% sale. So it is at $124.99. Well, guess what? You can save again on that if you use the promo code FARZINE20. Because then it'll drop to $99.99. You could get the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, the Magic Mat, the Shed, which is a travel bag, and Manscaped Boxers. That is part of the Performance Package 4.0, valued at $217.93. But if you take advantage of their sale right now and the promo code FARZINE20 on top of that, you will save more than $100 on the Performance Package 4.0. So go to manscaped.com, get yourself the Performance Package. Trust me, you will not regret it. And on top of that... Use the promo code FARZINE20 at checkout at manscaped.com and you will save yourself 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That is with the promo code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Big thanks to you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of FARZCast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. If you guys haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Notes, Amazon, wherever. iHeartRadio, all those great places. So download the podcast, share the links with your friends, follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. Other than that, I will talk to you guys next week. Take care.